Hey everyone, welcome back to the Ever Bros podcast. Uh, Cody and Jake, your MCs for this evening, morning, Yo. day, whenever you're listening to it. Last episode, we talked uh, about picking a niche and making sure you become an expert in it. This episode, we're going to have you guys make sure you're picking a service focus and becoming an expert in that. Because just as your industry niche is important, the service you offer is equally as important. Uh, without further ado, Let's jump into it, and this is like when the theme song goes that we're not going to have. So, uh, <laughs> I have no idea. <laughs> uh, so, I'm in there. Yeah. All right. Boom. Welcome back. So, I, I think I just kind of jump into how I started uh, Evergrow with a bunch of different service offerings that I, I touched on briefly. I I felt like only offering a couple of things was gonna like, kind of kick me out of the market. Like it was like I wasn't gonna be very competitive with other agencies out there because it's like, oh, I only offer SEO or Google business management management. Whereas another company can offer, you know, the whole gambit of digital marketing. Why wouldn't somebody just go with them? Well, probably because they're too expensive. The other services don't work very well. And maybe they just don't like that company very much. They're too big. They want to work with like a one-on-one -on -one person. None of these things I considered. <laughs> I also didn't consider that maybe someone only wants SEO. They just want someone who just focuses on one thing. And that's totally fine too. And you would not believe the amount of people that actually only want that. They don't want to be upsold services that they don't need. Cody, you came to me when we partnered up, when you started talking to me in 2018, and then I, it was like October of 2018, we were talking at, no, it was November 2018, we were talking at Smoky Row Cafe <laughs> yeah. in Des Moines, Iowa, and you were like, I have some ideas, and you're not going to like them. Yeah, I was going to say, <laughs> I thought I said something like, you're going to hate this. <laughs> yeah, I think it was. I was very much that boutique agency we talked about last episode, where I was like, you know, I wanted to offer everything to everybody and offer customized solutions. I had, God, our our pricing model was so wild, or mine was. It was like SEO, Google Ads, and like Facebook. And then there were different tiers of each one of those. Like Google Ads had like a basic tier, and then there was like an uh, uh, advanced tier or intermediate, and then an advanced tier. And they all had different management costs and available ad spend thresholds. And then like SEO had like beginner, intermediate, advanced SEO. And then when I like threw all these services at prospective clients, I was like, what do you want? <laughs> like based on your budget. And I would recommend certain things, but like there was just so much to offer. And, and even to that, I gave them kind of like, so sometimes you'll see like those pricing checklists on like what one company's SEO includes. And there's like 30 line items and they're all like X whatever. And then like different ones have like, you know, blanks because it's the next level up. And then the next level up includes those. I was like, okay, so like the more items that I include, the more it sounds like I know what I'm doing. <laughs> like the more SEO I offer. If I don't include it on that checklist, <laughs> they're gonna think I offer it. And then if my competitor offers it or includes it, I need to do it. You would not believe how I like ran my business, my pricing model based off of that. But yeah, and then you came in and you're like, I don't wanna show any of that. <laughs> <laughs> Tell the listener what your pricing structure was. You came to me and you're like, this sucks. This is what we should do. <laughs> Yeah, my general idea was to productize. I mean, I guess you would already productize the services, but it was a revamp and a different approach to productizing them where like the two biggest things we combined it into one, which is Google and we would do SEO and PPC all in one category. And we've since 
revised. Well, that that part has stayed the same, but um, like our higher tiers after that have since changed because we tried to scale that up just those two services and realize that we have a more modular approach now. But yeah, I I don't know how they do. <laughs> I explained it well. <laughs> I, I, yeah, I think we we go back to. I want to know like exactly what you pitched. Like we don't even have to tell like what our services are right now. Just like say like this is how we did it and these are how the the packages are structured. You are on the right track when you're like I combined SEO and PPC. But then we had other costs associated to that, right? We had the onboarding costs and then like yeah, we had other um, packages too. Yeah. The reason why this is hard to explain is cuz I don't remember as much about how this was positioned to market um originally. I mean, I could tell you more about how it is now. But I, I was mostly concerned with how do we make this a legitimate operation internally? What do we have to do to make these numbers viable so that it, it becomes a business and not just a, a freelance hobby sort of thing? Let me think back. We we had website builds, which were really undersold as a way to get people into our marketing program. Mm -hmm. And we had loosely defined the website stuff and realized later on that we had to make adjustments yeah i don't think we um, even wanted to like build websites you're like no we just want to do the marketing no. and then i think i remember being like we have to do the websites like i don't think you understand oh you're right yeah yeah because mm -hmm. i said like let's not do that you're like no we have to do that <laughs> yeah that was like the one thing i pushed back on you had a like a bunch of really great ideas that i hated and <laughs> And then, well, you keep bringing it back to like, do you want to make money? Because this is how we do it. And I was like, okay, fine. We'll do it your way. And I almost wanted to just do it just to prove you wrong. And and then I wasn't, but then I never admitted it. And so then it just seemed like my idea too. Um, <laughs> but good, good. but I did push back on the on the website build. Because I was like, we, that we were going to have to do this based yeah. on our price point. There's going to be a lot of people coming to us that don't have a website. That's something I would I would give as a direct recommendation. It's not usually where I want to be like, ah, no, most things are situational depending on how you're doing things. If you can take it upon yourself to also do website stuff instead of just marketing services, and, and you can come at the angle that, hey, I'm not a pro at this, but I do it because it makes the marketing easier. And that's been our approach in a lot of ways. You're going to get clients more easily like a lot more easily, especially on the the smaller end. Maybe if, if you've been to a very big agency and you've got connections with much larger accounts, you'll have easier entry into just offering services if you don't want to do the website stuff. But otherwise, I think most people will start small, will do a lot, and then they keep getting bigger and bigger accounts. And then those uh, arrangements and agreements become more complicated. But if you, and just figure out a solution, well, we could talk about it if, if you think people, Jacob, if you think people would want to know more about it. But if you have a solution for websites, then it's going to help. Because a lot of people, when you're just starting out and you're working with smaller accounts, they want everything, in, not everything in one, um, but they want one, one point of contact. Who do I talk to about this stuff? Who do I just bank on? Like we're, we're the digital guys for a lot of people. Um, it, it's kind of frustrating sometimes. <laughs> <laughs> but, the IT company too. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We're, we're the IT company. It's true. I, I think um, that, that is a good word, like where to go for your website solutions. It's a good topic we can cover in another episode where we could just have an entire dedicated episode to like, this is where you cover it. And the only reason like why we're hammering on that so hard is because even if you don't want to build the websites or, or do anything with that, um, 
that's fine. You can find your niche and manage clients with existing websites, but you're going to run into a few problems. The first one is is if your industry or niche specific, people are going to come to you if you're if you if you're doing the things right, which we will talk about how to acquire clients. They're going to come to you. And not everyone is going to have an existing website and not everyone is going to have a good website. Also, the next thing, so number two, is you don't have any control over the landing pages if you don't build a website. Sure, you can add some, but ultimately, if you don't get to restructure the website how you need it to, your ad campaign isn't going to perform very well. And you can't really mess with any of the copy or make sure things track properly. I had a third one. The third thing I forgot. So I'm going to reiterate the first one. which is when your industry or niche specific clients will come to you and not everyone is going to have a website but if they do have a website sometimes it sucks and they want it redone or you know they don't want that generic marketing company website that last company built them they want your industry website up and running and frankly we don't make a lot of we don't we don't really make a lot of money on our websites yeah we have onboarding costs that are two to five grand depending on the size of the website because they're pretty simple and we'll get into pricing later but we don't make a ton of money off of that we make more money on the monthly retainer once we have the website what's great about that too is that when you control or manage the website and i want to use that loosely because we don't control our clients websites we just manage them and our clients assume we have control even though we give them logins and all the files they need (laughs) so they're a lot more reluctant to like switch marketing providers because they're under our hosting or under like under our shared hosting, our reseller hosting, or just because they know who to go to, like Cody was saying, they have that central point of contact. Where if you don't have any ownership over that website or you don't have any integration on that website, uh, you you're pretty you're a lot more disposable. At least in the mind of the client. You're disposable either way, to be honest. But you know, it, it's just kind of that extra added value. Um, and then from there we focus on what really works for us. And so this is why Cody came to me and was like, all of those social media services, those email services, all of that we're getting rid of. We're not going to do them. If somebody asks for them, we're going to say, no, we don't offer those. And that was one that I was really reluctant on giving him that power. But I also wanted Cody as a business partner because I went to Cody, the last agency we worked together at, for questions, and I needed his expertise in the business. So I was like, okay, well, we'll try it. Um, You're going to be wrong, but we'll try it. Uh, (laughs) Three years later, we're getting huge. (laughs) And we're still underselling site builds. Yeah, 100%. Yeah, we're going to up our price here soon. (laughs) So the biggest thing we focused on was SEO and and Google Ads. One, because I considered myself at the time an expert in SEO and and Cody an expert in Google Ads. So we kind of tag-teamed those. Cody did the technical stuff with the website set up i did the visual and creative stuff with the website set up i still think cody is a little better than me at seo (laughs) like more more so technical seo uh he's upset that i can write circles around him given a time limit (laughs) (laughs) that's true i'm slow i'm a snail cody writes tens but he takes 10 years to do it i write sevens but i take uh, a week to do it and so we, we went through we went with that approach and um phrased our website around that like hey this is all we do uh if you don't like it go somewhere else and what that limitation really did was give us the ability to scale at an appropriate rate under promise and over deliver whereas if we started we only had to create i'll back up for a second we only had to create uh enough processes internal processes just between me and cody to 
focus on those two services. Whereas if we got a client that wanted to do organic social, okay, great. Now we have another wrench to throw into the equation on, okay, what's our process for social? I Do I create a Facebook business manager? Do I have them create a Facebook business manager? What accesses do I need to grant them? And it starts running wild. And then all of a sudden, while you're focusing on that service that you're you're not an expert in, your SEO clients and your your PPC clients start to kind of fall to the wayside. And we did experience that quite a bit actually in 2020, early 2020, when uh, we exploded. We went like almost four times our size and we were not set up to do that. But yeah, did you have anything to add to that, Cody? Um, That's bad. (laughs) No. I mean, I I wrote down, (laughs) no, that's it. I have nothing. I, I wrote down, I was trying to think of who would listen to this. And in general, we're still kind of defining an audience. I, I think there's a split between, in general, there'll be a split of, I'm in an agency setting. I already know what this life is like. And then I know zero, but I want to get into this. So there's people who know zero might not know the different approaches that agencies use when selling their services, like how they approach it. And Jake has said, and RP, I'm, I'm a big fan of productized services. I, I think they sell well. It fits my business mentality. I, I like clearly defined things. I'm, I'm kind of in a different life than an engineer, probably something like that. You can draw lines around something and clearly define it and say, this is what we're selling. We're selling it because it works. Buy it if you want, don't buy it if you don't. The benefits are that it's easy internally to scale once you define it and then make the processes around it and you can hand off some of that to newbies as long as it's documented well enough um, and it sells well and that sort of thing. The problem is if it doesn't work, we have experienced this some, then it's inflexible. You have to pivot and pitch something else or make adjustments to figure out how it's going to work. But in general, the the drawback is that they're not built for flexibility and creativity and personalization. Whereas, so a lot of agencies will do retainers, like direct retainers. That's the point. That's how they position it. That's how they sell it is you're effectively buying our time. This is how much time we will spend working on your account. And my opinion and perspective of, because I've worked at a retainer agency too, is they're great for the agency. Like it's, it's very good for planning your own business growth and it's stable, it's simple, and you can just determine how many internal hours each person kind of needs. And then when you go above that, then you have to bring somebody else on. You should still do the rough equivalent with productized services. The issue with retainers is that they're generally harder to sell to because you will have clients, if you're not communicating enough proactively, who will come back and say, what am I paying for? What am I getting out of this? And that's, you know, yeah, yeah. And because it is productized, it's it's easy for us to come back and say, hey, this is what we've been working on and what we've been doing. Mm-hmm. That's why I started. That's was... why I started making our employees and even ourselves document every SEO change we make because it's like, well, what did you do? Nothing looks different on the site. Well, we have this one page document for what we did in uh, you know, in April. But yeah, I was gonna say like the other thing, like the biggest thing was I. I, I halfway zoned out but (laughs) the biggest thing um that you this concept that you brought to me was mutual profitability which we have on our website now for our it's a client facing vernacular where we say like we don't offer a service unless it's mutually profitable one for us and then one for you mr client or or mrs client or miss client but if the service is profitable for us to run and charge you for it then great that's one check completed the next check is if we run this service for you 
are you now profiting off of this marketing service? So this is one of the reasons why we don't offer organic social posting or we don't create social media posts because they're not profitable. I really don't care what any social media guru says to me through this podcast. If you're in the service-based business, organic social does nothing for your bottom line. It is- a what? <laughs> hot take. It, here, it's a hot take, but it's as good as a billboard. So it doesn't do nothing. But and it's organic, so you're only promoting to your existing audience, and maybe if they share it, you know, you could do a giveaway, a share this or whatever giveaway. But it's going to be nothing compared to the services that you offer that are more direct and ad focused. You know, even social media ads like Facebook ads or or Google ads or SEO, which is intent driven uh, searches. Those are profitable because you get out what you put in if you're good at it. So we let our clients know like, hey, we don't offer social media posting right now because we haven't found a way to make it profitable for both of us. I mean, let's be fair. There's a way to make it profitable for us. There always is. But it's not going to be profitable for very long if our client isn't profiting from it. That's the big thing because we can say, yeah, okay, we made a productized service for this and you can pay us to do it. And really, we're not there yet in size because there will probably come a time when when we get clients that big because eventually businesses become big enough that something just needs to be done for the sake of it being <laughs> sounds this sounds really bad to position it this way <laughs> but we're so small everything that we have to do has everything that we do has to be high impact um we just don't have the time or the manpower to spend on low impact tasks and, and so something like organic social doesn't see as much impact as other tactics for us not just so, us too our clients yeah right but, right yeah like if, if they want to if they want to pay us you know if they have a budget of a thousand bucks a month and we want to perform as best as possible for our clients we're not putting our that money into organic social we're putting it into efforts for seo and google ads that's where the traffic is going to be at least that's where the the lowest in funnel intent traffic is going to be and this could be different for e-commerce like e-commerce like i, I do kind of want to backpedal a little bit and say like e-commerce organic social a little different because you can get traction on that what i want to clarify is service-based business social local service-based business you're, you're building a community and a following you're not making sales on social so uh, we have clients all the time that come to us and say we want you to manage our google ads and then also do our social media posting and i'll say well unless you're maxing out your google ad budget unless you know we're spending three thousand dollars a month on google ads in your local area then we shouldn't be moving over to social yet plus there's other services that we can capitalize on too before social youtube ads which is technically google ads um or you know whatever we experiment although with. youtube is kind of social <laughs> that's very yeah that's fair local service ads have experimented with that it's still kind of google ads <clears throat> but it's a separate category and uh yeah that's i mean that's why we focus on what works google ads seo and if anybody had a problem with it at the time then we weren't a good fit for them and i think that gained a lot of more a lot more respect than being like oh yeah we can do this you know it'll be it'll be easy um i've had prospects come to me and say like you know we talked to another agency other landscaping industry or landscaping industry agency and they just they made a lot of promises about different you know marketing methods like they could do this they could do that like they were really excited to go and he just seemed really salesy and how i talk to prospects is very much 
like I'm talking right now, um, mostly because we're not hurting for work. And if we don't get a new client, we're okay with that because we are up to our necks. Did I tell you, I, Jenny and I were walking and there was a yard sign. Like a landscape? I don't know. Like a lawn care yard Yeah, sign? yeah, yeah. Oh. Yeah, you know, uh -huh. like after they had done a fertilization application. Oh, okay. And, um, uh -huh. and she said, do you know those guys? I'm like, no, I, I have no idea who they are. <laughs> And she said, why aren't they a client? And I said, because they haven't called us. <laughs> they, haven't, <laughs> I said, they haven't contacted us. And she said that she told that to her dad and his mind just like melted. Because no he's way. Old school. Yeah, just old school, you know, pick up the phone, cold calling. You got to, if you're doing sales, you got to be the one pursuing it. I'm like, we, we don't. That's so cool. That's so cool to hear that though. Because yeah, mm -hmm. so something for our listeners is we we have never cold called, reached out, cold emailed or 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 cold messaged any prospective client ever. Even when I like conceptualized this in 2017 and I was just engaging with the forums, never pitched anything. 100% of our clients and our growth has come from inbound leads from one focusing down on our niche and focusing down on our services and also well uh, writing for the industry publications definitely helped but that's really cool to hear <laughs> is well they haven't called us yet like that's awesome yeah, but the, it's that simple yeah well i i say this a lot to like a, a lot of other people who are like promoting their services or cold messaging or cold emailing because i get emails all the time from people that are like hey we offer this service uh this like marketing service seo service would you like to like a consultation and um I always think that's weird because I feel like, or LinkedIn messages too, they're the same thing. Like, how would you like to get more prospects on Google? I'm like, by performing my own services that I offer. So like, I don't understand the marketing agency, like the digital marketing agency mentality of reaching out and cold calling and cold emailing when you're promising to do the opposite for your clients. Like, why don't you just do your own services on you? And then get your own clients but usually it's be because you don't actually know how like it's okay <laughs> yeah. if you don't like you're, you're listening to this podcast and we'll we'll teach you how if you if you keep listening but there has there you have to recognize that there's a certain level of irony in that and maybe you should stop listening to some of these gurus that you're hearing on facebook and on youtube on how to acquire clients and cold email because you get a smart enough prospect or a pool of a smart enough prospects and they're like cold emailing me about seo services why didn't i find them when i googled landscaping marketing company or landscaping seo company and that's that's kind of on you at that point yeah i was gonna say uh, one of like the first i hesitate to say this because it's kind of feeding the problem. But if you're just starting and you're focusing on what kind of services to offer, a lot of people do SEO. And I'll say it's smart because you can bootstrap the whole thing and you don't have to get money up front. And if, if things do go wrong or things get weird financially, then you can just reverse things for the most part. Like we we do ads and we're good at them and we get more we get a lot uh, more accounts because of that, because we know that there are people who are afraid to touch them because it's a strange pressure, right? You're now accountable more so to their their money directly. You're almost like a financial advisor. Yeah. So if, yeah, if you're just starting out. It's their money that you're spending. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And you're personally accountable to it. And if it doesn't go well, they're going to let you know. But if you if you are just starting out and you want to bootstrap this whole thing and, and do it in a 
careful way, then that's not a bad service to start out offering. The other thing too that you could do with it is I, I used to hate this idea, but I, I just know it's the reality is undersell yourself. I don't want to say work for free because working for free is a hot topic, hot take. <laughs> but if you, you have to build up a base, you have to build up clientele who can attest to your skills and the efficient or with efficacy. I don't know the word. I don't even but know it what works. that word means. <laughs> <laughs> and then you can you can keep gradually increasing from there. Mm -hmm. But you got to start somewhere. Yeah, That's yeah. not the worst service to start with. You don't need to come off, especially getting your first clients, you don't need to come off as like a guru or an expert. You just need to kind of just be real. But I think a lot of people start with SEO, Cody, is because a lot of people know about content-driven SEO and links. Basically, what, what I call just front-end SEO or on-page SEO is more, what's more commonly referred to as. But if you don't already know, it's just optimizing a page for keywords and then getting as many links to that page as you possibly can whether it's like another website or another directory there's a lot of tactics in there that are you can actually hurt your client if you're not if you don't know what you're doing but also a lot of business owners are too naive to understand what actually goes into seo and the added i guess benefit for a lot of people who don't know what they're doing with seo but starting their own agency is because seo takes four to 12 months to actually see meaningful results so if you are confident in your sales pitch you can pitch that and then basically have almost a guaranteed four to 12 months of reoccurring income coming from your client and literally not do anything for 12 months and lie to your client and collect 12 months of income. Obviously, this is a terrible business practice, but it's it, it, fact of the matter, it is, it is what a lot of people do who say they offer SEO, but they don't fully understand everything it includes. They don't understand um, redirects. They don't understand canonical URLs. They don't understand you know CSS minification or uh, pillar page content structures. There's a mismatch between the services offered and the vertical. Like if your primary service offering is like content writing and you're going after local lead gen services, that sort of thing, you're going to have a hard time. In fact, I would just not pick that vertical. I'd go after something else, go after e-com, something different because that's, it's really just not a great match. If you're going to do SEO, do local SEO, because that's what they're going to need or change a vertical, go after someone that you know, it's a, it's a better match for. We've seen that with other competitors with, we, we keep ripping on social, but I'll, I'll say it one more time, but just not understanding the difference in social for a local service business versus social for e-commerce, something like that. Because the ultimate goal for local services is to get more business. And if, if you're, what you're doing isn't focused on that, then mm -hmm. how are you going to keep that service going where the client's happy and, and think it's worth paying? Now, it does depend a lot on the local service. I think of like my cousin who owns a salon and spa. That's a case where social is not going to be the same as landscaping and lawn care. I don't know it super well, so I don't want to talk about it. But the way that, how do I not sound sexist? I'll just say it. The women choose to do their hair is influenced by social. <laughs> and it's not, it doesn't have to be in your face. It, it can just be simple sharing examples of your work. Mm -hmm. And then people are like, oh yeah, no, I'm, that's impressive. I, I would trust them to uh, at least give it a shot one time or something like that. It's, it's not well, you know, it, the equivalent it, of. It can translate to really any, it can translate to sharing like your, your landscaping projects on social too. Right. But I, you have to come back to what is the biggest value driver, the big, biggest business driver. Cause at the end of the day, if, uh, the biggest keyword I wanted to focus on during your speech was vanity metrics. There's yeah. a, there's a lot of metrics out there that are just vanity, like impressions and clicks and engagement. None of that matters like we do get prospects that come to us and like they want to say that 
they want to get this many clicks or, you know, whatever. And at the end of the day, it's like, that doesn't matter because I can get all the clicks in the world to your ad and not make you any sales. And then in a four months down the road, when you're hurting for business, you're not going to be paying for my service anymore. And now I don't get any of your money. So it's like some of the things that we think about when we design our service packages to be like, I, you know, I can take your money for four months or I can take your money for four years. And it's, it's really dependent on the value driving services that you decide to focus on initially when you have big clients that max out their value driving service for you and then also want to add on organic social well that's fine because you have this anchor value driving service that they're maxing out on and getting a ton of value on and then you're also having a top of funnel service like organic uh, organic social you're driving people down but yeah and some clients aren't stupid too some of them like if you're reporting on impressions and clicks and clicks through rate some of them like i i don't care like i'm not getting leads not getting sales and you've got to really reground yourself in your services from there that varies a ton based on the size of the company that you're working with you know when you're working with solo operators which we especially starting out we did a lot more of right before getting up to businesses that <clears throat> so here's the general politics of of when you're communicating with your your clients if you're doing directly with like an owner then they're usually going to be a lot more performance focused um, and want to know those things what's your cost per acquisition is this actually a worthy roi for us that sort of thing you get to like a mid-tier where you have a marketing manager and that can be strange because you you can feel like you're doing a good job because the necessary communications aren't happening yet. The people who talk to the people, like there's just a, a long chain of command that by the time things actually get said, it's been months and you thought you were doing great, but they're actually unhappy. Mm -hmm. um, and it's because the marketing manager, their job is to prove themselves, prove that they're doing a good job to their superiors who hire them. And you might not be their friend. You might be the one that they want to throw under the bus because if things aren't working, they don't want to admit that it's their fault their problem they're outsourcing to you to do that thing and if it's not going well or they want to misconstrue make it seem like it's your fault they might throw you under the bus so depending on who you're talking to that can impact things greatly or the relationship that, that you have with the client and who actually makes like the key decisions that's important to keep in mind so you don't fall into this trap of you have a few months and you're like oh yeah no this this relationship's great it's stable we're doing a great job and you're missing a lot of the key information that you need to know about the health of the relationship there. Yeah. And the more services you offer that you don't have systematized, the more abstract it becomes with whose fault it is on certain things where, you know, if you narrow and focus in on specific services like Google ads or PPC, you can directly track that. And it just becomes so much easier to narrow in and focus. And then once you start growing with the client, we have clients that we've grown from that literally started out on our base package, 600 bucks a month, now spending well over a thousand, two thousand dollars a month just because they grew with us and they've added services and it doesn't matter who they bring in internally they know that we have helped them grow their business and that they trust us yeah i i always try to bring it fully back at the end of the episode which is like focus on what works don't try to go too too broad but also the most important thing i think i wanted to hit on was be an expert in the service that you offer don't take a course or hear like seo is easy to do because you did it for one website before and suddenly you think you know everything really dive into this like really understand and even to the point of the last episode really understand your industry really understand your service that you offer because when you can combine those two and actually be an expert on those then 
you're going to be an unstoppable machine. It's not fun. It is not fun to subscribe to multiple newsletters and just read about SEO and just deep dive into it. But owning a business isn't fun either. This isn't the point of doing this because we find it fun. Well, we do, but it's it's fun sometimes. Yeah, it's fun sometimes, but it's stressful a lot of other times. And we're really, I mean, at the end of the day, we're in it to cash out, man. But we want to build something that's sustainable. And the only way to do that is by deep diving into things we don't like to do. For me, it's technical SEO and other technical crap. I'm sure for Cody, it's the same. We're not technical people. Always emails properly. Yeah. Emails all the time. Cody, I feel like on video, I feel like you got like lower. Like you started shrinking a little bit. (laughs) So yeah, like go back a little bit. (laughs) I don't know. Maybe my chair is going down. Maybe I thought you were higher and then you just got sinking. I don't know. No, well, sink a chip over here. Yeah, maybe maybe someday <laughs> we'll give you guys a reason to watch on YouTube or a video podcast. <laughs> um, I think that's all. That's really all I had for for this third episode. We got some good ones coming up, like pricing your services and things like that that we're gonna that we're excited to talk about. But do you have anything else to add, Cody? Nah, we're good. Nah, great. All right, guys, thanks for listening to episode three. Watch us like move all these around. And like, they're not even like the the episode anymore. (laughs) Anyways, (laughs) thanks for listening to this this episode, everybody. Uh, Tune in next week or whenever we post the next one. (laughs) And uh, cheers. Catch you later.